Welcome to the Power On Podcast, brought to you by Megger, a leader in electrical testing since 1889. The Power On Podcast is a forum where we can discuss with industry experts all things electrical testing from application to technique, basically all the things that help you to power on. I am your host, Andrea Pildes, and let's get this started. Welcome to the Power On Podcast. I am Andrea Pildes, and today I am joined by Ken Petroff, who is a product manager with Megger, and Vince Apparizano, who is the senior product manager for Megger for Transformer. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, today, we said we would discuss the importance of ratio testing. So who wants to start? Well, let me start since I'm the senior member of the team and I have age over both of you. We have uh, long tested ratios since the beginning of manufacturing transformers. Uh, today's testing differs greatly over the past 80, 90 years. And in today's testing, we still have basic principles which we follow. The first principle is that when we build a transformer, we apply certain turns on primary windings on the secondary windings, and then we test these windings to ensure that the windings and the transformer is built as intended. So our test is designed to validate this. Once a transformer is in service, now we have a different purpose for testing the transformer. We want to denote if this transformer within its last service life or period has undergone any changes. And so we compare it to two things. We compare it to its nameplate. So we have a tolerance, which we're uh, allowed. In this case, it's half a percent ratio. And then we also compare it to historical. So that if we note that it is within the half a percent and or that it's passing this, but it's changed dramatically from the last time we changed it, let's say from 0.1% now to 0.4, we are validating whether that change is either uh, improper measurement. So this is our first thought that we didn't measure as we had done in the past, or in fact that there's some change undergone in the transformer that we want to uh, investigate further. And when we use different instruments, don't we get different results? Uh, isn't it possible to get different uh, accuracies when you're using different instruments? Well, when we're talking about accuracy, and accuracy is one of my subjects that uh, I'm starting to write things about, there are two things that we talk about. Uh, one of them is the accuracy of the instrument. Secondly is the accuracy of the transformer. And by accuracy of the transformer, we know and we have long known that certain transformers exhibit different behaviors with different source voltages. And with different instruments, we see different voltages. And so we do have to mitigate that situation and apply consistency. Now, for most transformers, when you use different instruments, we expect the same result. That is an expectation we put upon instruments. And in instruments, we don't care about other aspects of the instrument so much as that instrument can make a measurement that we have trust and confidence in. And then we don't 
examine all the parameters of the instrument and does it do this, does it do that, will it meet the requirements of the test? And if it does so, does it do so in a timely manner? So some tests that we do are very, very accurate and can make the nameplate match right on. But if they take so long to do, then we have another problem, and that is we are only given one to two hours to perform all of the tests in ratio. And in that time frame, we must provide and use an instrument which is not only accurate, repeatable, and we have confidence in, but is efficient. And so we look for efficiency. So how has ratio testing evolved? Well, now you're talking to an old guy, so evolution (laughs) is something close to my heart. When I was, oh, this is one of those stories. When I was young, and when we learned transformer testing and ratio testing, it was the first test we would do on a transformer. But we did it individually. We would test and look at the nameplate, look at the vectors, match the in-phase vectors, which is a whole different subject, and then we would perform a ratio, then we would correct for the primary, secondary, you know, face-to-face, face-to-ground. All of these different parameters had to be taken into account. We do a lot of, not a lot of math, but some math, because the instruments we used were not digital. They were analog, and you had to multiply, and you had to wow. calculate. And then in the end, once you were finished 33 taps times 33 phases, 100 readings, you may have made a mistake and you didn't know. So you would sit there either in the field or back in the office, finish your report for this transformer and then find out you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And that meant you had to go back and validate. Or your boss would say, yeah, Vince, you made a mistake. We know the transformer is fine and move on. Mm -hmm. Today, that's much different. Today's instruments are smarter than the technicians, at least most younger technicians. Yeah. (laughs) Because the older guys know or understand, and some of the younger guys as well, the makings and the functionings of the vectors of a transformer. And so today we pick, we go to the nameplate. Oh, high side is this. Okay, input it. Low side is that. We input it into the instrument. We tell it the parameters, the highest and the lowest voltage. The instrument calculates everything and is ready to go. We now start pushing buttons. It measures and it tells you pass or fail, pass or fail. And all the guy does is sits there and he moves a tap changer, pushes a button, moves a tap changer, pushes a button. In fact, our young technicians today are reluctant to push the button. You're turning off half of the podcast listeners. No, you're not. No, okay. no, I wouldn't care less. They they are the ones where they're listening to me because, and they're right. Mm-hmm. Efficiency is correct. Right. right. So what we used to do one phase at a time mm-hmm. was tedious and costly to right. the company. And then you didn't know if you made a mistake. And, and so, you didn't right. know until you were done. Now you know when you do a test that mm-hmm. you've made a mistake. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll put them all in one bucket. Mm-hmm. All these millennials want to go one step further, right. which is also coming. And that is, not only do we not want to push the button, we want the instrument to know that 
the test is done. Mm-hmm. And to say, well, go change the tap and the transformer. We have devices today that will change the tap for you. Wow. Okay. And then you don't even have to push a button. It'll say, it'll tell the instrument, I'm finished changing the tap. Mm-hmm. And then the instrument does it. Mm-hmm. It goes to the next tap, performs the measurements, mm-hmm. and now goes and tells the tap changer, hey, I'm done. Change the tap. And so all of the work that we used to do is now transferred to the instrument. That's awesome. So uh, 30, 35 years ago, very manual process, testing one phase at a time. Uh, Next come along these uh, automated three-phase instruments, which still did phase-by-phase measurements, but they would do them sequentially. Uh, So that way you could hook up your four leads at once uh, to the primary, to the secondary. It would step through each individual phase. after that, uh, what we're seeing nowadays are instruments that apply a three-phase source uh, at the same time, so that way it's not a sequential test. It's all done concurrently, correct? In fact, there's, there's a number of improvements there which, in fact, escape my mind until you, you just mentioned them. So when we, with instruments, applied energy to the transformer, we could not afford in the cost and the weight of the instrument to apply all three phases. We would take the line voltage, drop it or step it down a little bit, and then apply it to the transformer through the line, through the power cord. Today, we generate our own sine waves. And while we're generating one, we generate three. And so by generating three, we are now testing three times faster than, or four times faster than what we used to do with what we called an automated instrument today. And so it it just continues to evolve to where we have improved the efficiency, improved the time, to where you may be able to go in, hook it all up today, push a button, it'll go through all of that testing, come back and the only time it'll stop is if it fails or does not meet our uh, input requirements and spit out a report. Mm -hmm. That is today's ability. Now, in terms of the actual measurement method, um, all of the ratio testing that we've been talking about so far is applying voltage on the primary and measuring on the secondary. Have there ever been any instruments where we would apply to the secondary and then measure on the primary? So back in the day, and for me, back in the day involved two instruments. Now, I'm, I'm originally from Canada, and in Canada, we had a particular method. And then the method was always step down. In fact, the world today uses step down. But there was a company of which we are part of called Biddle. And in 1950, they came up with a very unique design where they had not only did they perform a test stepping up, but they removed the need for line cord, which we should all say that in the field was difficult to come by power when your whole station, which provides power to all the houses, was down. Where do you get power? So they came up with something called a hand crank. Mm -hmm. And the hand crank TTR has been the standard even today where customers want 
two things. They don't want the power locally or they don't have the power for the line and they don't want the inconvenience of, of hooking up a generator and such, so they have the hand crank. But secondly, they received with this step up a reliable, repeatable ratio. What they didn't have was efficiency and they did not have safety with it. And so you have a choice or had a choice between a reliable, confident reading or efficiency. You could not have both until recently. What, what do you mean by that? So the subject or some of the subject of, of our efforts in the last two years mm. have been to reinvestigate the work that the hand crank TTR did. Mm -hmm. We have heard anecdotally from so many customers around the world that when readings are in doubt, when I don't get the reading I expect, or there's two instruments that conflict, or I don't meet my specification, I go to the closet and bring out my hand crank TTR, and then with that hand crank TTR, I know what the real ratio is. Mm -hmm. And so after listening to enough of that and knowing that any instrument without this method would be doubted by many customers who knew what they were doing, we decided that that would be a majority of our new approach to testing. Okay. Which is where the true three-phase TTR comes in. Oh, okay. And now, um, how is that different from... So it, it goes on this hand crank technology that Vince is speaking of, this mm -hmm. reliability where it's exciting on the secondary and then we measure on the primary. Okay. And the hand crank TTR, you could only generate 8 volts with that. And even though we're only putting 8 volts onto the secondary, it was providing such an accurate measurement uh, that went into our investigation with the true three-phase TTRs. Why mm -hmm. is exciting on the secondary more accurate than exciting on the primary? Um, you can get the same sort of accuracy from the primary, but right. you need a 250-volt source. It's bigger, it's heavier, it's uh, not as safe as a smaller source, right, what we're right. using in the true three-phase TTR. And what we're finding is that the magnetic coupling, since the secondary is so much closer to the core, is, uh, is really where the error in measurement comes in uh, when you excite from the primary. And so we did, with our hand crank, Back in the day, I'll go back to the history, we did not worry so much about how much voltage was on the transformer, mm -hmm. whether you had two or three guys standing on the transformer while voltage is applied. But in today's environment where we are, we have OSHA and we have a lot of safety oh, concerns, yeah. uh, we have to watch everything. And so one of the biggest concerns in developing this new instrument was how do we make it safe? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so 250 volts is considered safe, but that hand crank TTR with that little eight volts, mm -hmm. uh, I have tested transformers with it where we generated 900 volts. And so in place of, and we didn't need the 900, that was because it's a fixed eight volts. Right. And because of this, we knew one of our techniques and one of our improvements would be in safety. So we would now be able to control that voltage being stepped up anywhere from below 1 volt to 50 volts. Mm -hmm. So we could now control 
what was being done. Something the hand crank in its 1950s design was never intended to do, and safety was not its first uh, or one of its top objectives in design or in, in testing. Today, we do not allow the technicians to stand on a transformer when there's such significant voltage. And if we do, it's under very controlled conditions. And with situations today and insurance, we restrict it more and more to where many large companies, utilities, do not allow their technicians to uh, sit up. And then there's other things. The hand crank, you have to change leads phase by phase. Mm -hmm. And you have three phases, so he's going to change three times. And in doing so, he's climbing up and ladder. down the ladder. Yeah. And the ladder and the, um, the height mm -hmm. and the restrictions, again, from OSHA, uh, make it more and more difficult to do the testing efficiently. Mm -hmm. We can always do the testing, but we're looking for two things, safety and efficiency, while maintaining accuracy. That is the sort of holy grail of where customers want to get to. Mm -hmm. And that is what our approach has been. This is where our thinking has gone in the design of that instrument. Where are we in the development of the TTRU3? So where we're at today is uh, we are building up what we would call our beta instruments. Okay. Um, I had one alpha unit that I took out in the field over the past three weeks. Uh, and I've been to a couple of customer sites because we wanted to validate uh, this step-up testing methodology. Okay. So uh, the first place I went to was Tennessee Valley Authority in Crossville, Tennessee. I was there with uh, Diego Robolino, who is from our tech support group team down in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was on large uh, single-phase auto transformers, 448 MVA. And uh, this was our first opportunity to really validate that our step-down measurement, or our, rather our step-up measurement, uh, provided more accurate results compared to uh, step down. So when I went down there, I brought the true three-phase TTR, and I also brought the hand crank TTR. Okay. Um, these auto transformers had a primary OLTC, and they had four of them in a bank uh, at their transmission substation. So on three of the transformers, I was able to measure um, three tap positions, with the hand crank TTR, with the true three-phase TTR in both step up and step down. Mm -hmm. um, on the final transformer, I was able to go through all 17 taps. And what we saw was the true three-phase TTR in the step up mode provided results that were very similar to the hand crank TTR. Okay. Um, they didn't match up 100% because the nature of the hand crank TTR is you're cranking that crank and you're adjusting the dials. It's a very analog device, right. and uh, so you can't get necessarily 100% repeatable measurements. I gotcha. Um, and because he's a young guy, he doesn't know how to balance. He, <laughs> he was just taught to do that recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned probably a day or two before I went out in the field how to actually do that. Um, You're an ageist. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, man. <laughs> but we saw that um, since the true three-phase TTR is capable of performing measurements in both step-down and step-up, uh, we did our step-down measurements at 48 volts on the primary, and with step-up, we generated 250 volts on the primary um, by applying the voltage to the secondary. Um, so when we looked at the results for uh, step-down versus step-up, we did see a gap in uh, the turns ratio accuracy, and uh, that actually matched up with the results that 
Tennessee Valley Authority had on file uh, from a different instrument that was measuring at 100 volts on the primary. Okay. So our 100 volts, uh, their 100 volts compared to our 48 volts step down, uh, we showed uh, that at the higher taps, the accuracy exceeded the allowable limit. But when we performed the measurement step up using the hand crank TTR or our true three-phase TTR, uh, those measurements were brought uh, back within the acceptable limits. Um, so that was our first field trial that was out in, again, at Crossville, Tennessee at TVA. Uh, the next field trial that I went to was in Zanesville, Ohio with AEP. And uh, our question at that point was, okay, the true three-phase TTR matches the hand crank, but is it as good as a 250-volt step-down measurement? Because that's what um, the Trax is doing. That's what a lot of our competitors are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we brought out our tracks, and on a mobile substation, we performed the same step-up, step-down measurements, and then we also performed the step-down with the tracks at 250 volts. And with that, we were able to show that the tracks at 250 volts step-down matched the true three-phase TTR step up. Okay. So um, so that was our second validation that our measurement methodology was uh, correct. And uh, then I had another field trial at Pacific Corp out in Portland, and that just uh, reinforced the step-up measurement being more accurate than the step-down measurement. Okay. Now, when, when Ken talks about accurate, uh, the one thing in all of this that everybody who talks to me mixes together is accuracy. So he says accurate because really what Ken is talking about is that the ratio number that we got matches what is on the transformer's nameplate. So you go to the nameplate, there's two numbers, you divide one by the other, it gives you a number, we can correlate that. What customers expect and what some individuals expect is that the accuracy of the instrument is the accuracy they get when measuring a transformer. Mm -hmm. And it's just not necessarily so. The transformer has something to say about it. And what we are doing is trying to remove the effect that the transformer has on our measurements. Okay. And the one added benefit we got from three-phase step up is because we are applying all three phases at one time versus the hand crank applying one phase, we get a real-life situation. So when a transformer is in service working, it never works one phase at a time. All the power is connected to all three phases. And so when we test it now with three phase, mm -hmm. we're emulating, simulating that condition with the best accuracy, uh, I hate that word accuracy, with the best um, real life mm -hmm. conditions that, that are possible done safely. Yeah, it's, it's representative of how the transformer is used in service. And we, we still have a, we're investigating exciting from the secondary and the magnetic coupling on to the core and why we believe that's better in the step-up mode. Uh, so, so next week, um, I am going to be bringing a few beta units down to our Dallas, Texas office. I'm going to uh, be going to an AEP uh, field down there in Texas. And then also I'm going to be visiting a transformer manufacturer in Waco. And the hope is we can um, play around with something in their factory where we can 
put different cores in different windings, move the core around and see how that correlates to the, uh, the step-up ratio measurement and see what kind of effect that has. Because um, it, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, we get better coupling and it provides better results. Mm -hmm. uh, but we truly want to understand why that is and what we can tell about the transformer um, if, that, if that core is, is different or moves around. Uh, Vince can... Well, it, in it, uh, at uh, that factory, we also have a customer who's very knowledgeable on transformers, and he has transformers which measure differently with different instruments. Mm -hmm. And he has challenged us to come in and show him what is a consistent measuring device because he owns our instruments, he owns others, and in that all he gets these results that everyone questions. And, and typically, what customers do, what I would do, you find an instrument that works and you stay with it. And he has not yet come to that point where he's comfortable with one instrument that does everything he needs it to do. And so he's laid the gauntlet down and we're going to take his challenge and see what comes out. We may fail, we don't know, but for us, we are looking for difficult transformers. We're not looking for the ones that always work because mm -hmm. there's, there's a bunch of them that no matter what instrument you use, they work just fine. That is not where the issues uh, arise. The issues arise when a guy's on a Sunday morning out to do a test. His boss sent him out to test some transformer. He brings out ours or a competitor's test set, and he gets unexpected results. He is stuck on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday afternoon, with a result that doesn't make sense, and he's got to make a decision. Do he, does he put the transformer back in service, or does this problem that he's just seen correlate to the instrument or something he's done? Mm -hmm. And that is a very expensive situation for the operator, for the company that's doing the work. And we look to solve those questions to give him confidence in, right. in what he's doing. So that obviously there's two problems. The biggest problem I see, we're going to automate and make it so good and so smart and do everything properly that all of the intelligence is in the instrument. We do believe there needs to be some intelligence in the, the operator. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll just wait for the next step in Truth Rephrase TTR development. It sounds exciting to me that if you can really solve some issues that the user's going to have, all the better, right? So so far, so good. That's good. Yeah, we have confidence. Very good. Well, thank you for coming today and discussing this with me. And I'm hopefully the person listening to this has found this very informative. If anyone has any interesting topics they'd like to discuss, or if they have any comments or questions, or even if they'd like a, like a beta trial, um, they can contact us at bfmarcom, B-F-M-A-R-C-O-M, at megger.com. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. And until next time. Thank you. Have a good uh, week. Bye.